1: It's absolutely incredible. He launched himself six feet into the crowd and Kung Fu kicked a supporter who was without a shadow of a doubt giving him lip.
2: Oh, I
0: say, it's amazing.
1: He does it tame and tame and tame
0: again. A refresher
1: Course in sacked Chelsea Manager Discourse Year 8 Poetry from Jonathan Pierce. David Beckham's Wild Qatar Claims How do teams become the real deal? Identifying the one man the opposition didn't want the ball to fall to How many goals can be in a cushion? The moment of reckoning for the phrase Cometh the hour, cometh the man Champions League, or Champions League Martin Keown's Botanical Obsession Spain's new potty-mouth Liga F and a certain small matter of a niche football podcast going on tour near you. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 189 of Football Clichés. I'm Adam Hurry and alongside me for the second adjudication panel of the week is Charlie Eccleshare. How's it going?
2: Good. I've basically been listening on a loop to your um, Keys and Grey Dice compilation. So I'm I'm good. I mean, that's been... A
1: great way to spend the last 24-plus hours. Quite hard to boil it down to two minutes and seven mm. seconds, but I think it's a it's a real insight into how that episode goes. Um, I think brilliant all round from them and us, quite frankly, to bring it to the world, Yeah, uh, more to the world. It,
2: it's it's yeah. like any sort of great work of art. The, you keep noticing new things. I like watch The Office or something. You, you, there are little things you pick up on. And and one of my favourite bits is is really subtle, but after... The Daish Chris Akabusi reveal, which is amazing in itself. Yeah, the way Gray's response, like, "All right," as if that sh- it's not surprising. That he's just the made- one thing they didn't laugh at was Chris yeah. Akabusi, which is
1: absolutely mental he ta- thing about it's it. So- the only thing that didn't it's so. Slowly slowly like, oh about.
2: yeah, as if that's just totally not. Yeah. I've- oh yeah, that makes sense that Daish ran into Chris Akabusi. I really, yeah. really love that bit.
1: Charlie, the world has moved on, though, and uh, just as we were about to record, the news broke that Chelsea had sacked Thomas Tuchel. Um, Now, being the first athletic podcast in line to do anything about this, it feels a little bit like CBBC doing a new Pope or something (laughs) like that. Uh, I don't know how suitable we are, but let's do it anyway, because let's look at it from our perspective, Charlie. Who do you think Keys and Grey will nominate as Tuchel's left-field replacement at Stamford Bridge?
2: So I was thinking, yeah... I think um, Keys would take a pause and, and say something along the lines of Steve Clarke.
1: <laughs> what? Really? He knows the club? He knows
2: the club, inside out. What a job he's doing with Scotland, by the way. Mm. Never happened, Richard. Oh, of course it won't happen. But why not? Why not give Clarky a chance?
1: <laughs> Clarky, Is he being? He is quite being. is he Clarky? Yeah. Maybe I can see that happening. Um, such is the efficiency of the reaction cycle to a sacking, uh, Charlie that within moments of this fairly out-of-the-blue sacking, fucking Boris Johnson memes everywhere. It's mm. disgusting.
2: Mm. I'm sick of it. Lazy. Yeah. Rubbish. Yeah, I know. We talked about this, didn't we, at the live show that forwarded many times, yeah. Sam Allardyce sort of... The pits. G- give the it to us. But yeah, so I guess this is sort of the yeah the mm. flip of it, isn't it? But um, mm. yeah.
1: Speaking of the pits, alongside you for the adjudication panel is Jack Pitt Brook. How are you doing, Jack? Nice yeah, to have you.
3: Really good. I'm, I'm really pleased to be on.
1: Um, on this Chelsea nonsense, um, I sense an immediate imminent scramble to establish the runners and riders. <laughs> To become the new Chelsea manager, um, Graham Potter's name emerging instantly. I, I sense a real saga here, a real, a real tug of war. Chelsea uh, Sky Sports News have reported will this afternoon, as we record, be approaching Brighton for their permission to speak to Graham Potter. Very kind of Victorian era, kind of courtship routine, isn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say it. It sounds a bit like asking someone, like when someone in a Jane Austen novel asked to marry the daughter mm. of the local baronet. Uh, my, my point on the on the keys and grey there their choice to for the Chelsea job. Surely it's Rude Hullett.
2: Rude Hullett oh, surely
3: I, is a being... I,
2: I, I, I thought of Hullett, but I, but it, I think he's too club. foreign. He does know the club,
1: but he fails the sort of fancy-down foreigner test. Andy man. Gray's a very much a never-go-back man as well, isn't he? He would he would definitely subscribe to the never-go-back discourse, I a sense.
3: What about Mark Hughes? Knows the club?
1: Hughes, I think Hughesy
3: Hughes would work? be more... Yeah. They could probably, really they good could first probably, touch on the touchline. They could probably get him out of Bradford City.
1: <laughs> Approaching Bradford for their permission to speak to Mark Hughes. What a world!
3: <laughs> <that> <laughs> would or just be. somebody who hasn't been a manager for an incredibly long time, like Frank Rijkaard.
2: Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's po- yeah, that that's definitely possible. Well, in the and Champions League, and it's possible that he might have popped in and seen them. because yeah. I feel like often it's someone they've had a fairly recent audience with. Exactly, and that they, they tot- think they've heard his philosophy. And, and he's actually a, a lot more cutting edge than people think. And I can
3: totally see Rijkaard flying around, kind of floating around that like Doha circuit mm. with, yes. with the rest of them, a bit of golf, bit of, you know, buying a nice car, that sort of vibe.
2: We also, we never do um, manage, you know, managers you can't believe have never managed clubs or we, or we do it less than players. But Rijkaard in that sort of late noughties period
1: you feel would have been perfect for Chelsea.
2: It's a great Just idea, it's a months, great idea like... for
3: a pod. Mm. Yeah, yeah no, that would be shout. good.
1: Bear that one in mind. Um... Yeah, it it does look quite potchy. I know you're both off duty for for the Tottenham universe. So let's not get too far into that. But yeah, I mean, but the Chelsea sacking discourse, Charlie, um, you know, know, this is their umpteenth manager in X years, but it works for them, Mm. you know? But does it anymore? We're going to see a lot of that, aren't we? Yeah,
2: well, yeah, because, yeah, obviously that was the response to the sort of outrage at the fact they sacked so many managers.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we're going to, I think we might go the other way now.
1: Mm. Well, further news out of the blue this week. The Football Clichés podcast is going on tour. We're going to be bringing live shows to London, Manchester and Dublin in November. If anyone's interested in that, and you should be really, go to myticket.co.uk and the show should be on their front page. Or just Google Football Clichés live and you'll find it that way too, just with a couple of extra clicks. Um, Charlie, uh, London, Manchester and Dublin um, it's obviously, these shows are just before the World Cup, a um, couple of weeks or a week before the World Cup. Perhaps we needed to do some sort of warm-up shows in cities that are a bit like London, Manchester <laughs> and Dublin. Uh, I did have a little look to see what cities they could be, and all of them were offensive. So I just couldn't I couldn't think of anybody that wouldn't annoy anybody. So let's not do that. Yeah, that, do that. you're a such tricky ground there,
2: aren't you? Yeah, the
1: joke alone is fine. Yeah. The concept is fine. Absolutely fine. Um, it's time for the adjudication panel now, though. Um, Mehdi George is first in. This is for you, Charlie. He says, it can't be a coincidence that on the first match of the day after the publication of your book, The Beautiful Poetry of Football Commentary, this happened.
0: Mendy came and couldn't claim and he's rising in pain.
1: <laughs> Proper old school Jonathan <laughs> Pierce, this, isn't it? I, Yeah, that is. I did hear that. That, there, that.
2: that is a throwback to the ready, steady teddy <laughs> with a glass of sherry. <laughs> Um such
1: a yeah, and rhythm to it as well. A come-and-get-me plea from Piercy. If there's a mm. sequel, I know where to look. We have to get him on MHD. He's proving slightly elusive in the way that you would kind of expect that he would be. A bit nervous, maybe, but we'll get him. We'll get him. Um, now, Jack, in sports-washing news, um, David Beckham has released his latest promotional video for Qatar, in which he makes some very bold claims about the much-maligned, oil-rich, monarchical peninsula outfit. Here's number one. It's another beautiful day here in Qatar. Welcome to Doha, David. Beautiful, huh? This will go down as one of my favourite mornings. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Can a morning go down as one of your favourite mornings? <laughs> this will go down as one of my favourite mornings. That's so good. I never, I've never, never heard anything like it before. It's like, it's, do you think he has a kind of ranking? I can't think. Uh, I mean, ra- what other mornings must at This will go down, yeah. Can you Uh, think of
2: some of your favourite mornings? Some of my favourite mornings? Yeah, like I've never broken it down. I've never been that granular. If you think of your favourite day, I mean,
3: even, you know, kind of great, whatever the sort of things that you would normally attach, like, oh, what a great day that was, by the way, Mm. would be, (laughs) it's generally afternoon and evening stuff, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, no, morning mm. of the know. day Football, you're about to go weddings. on ho- a massive
3: holiday. That's a good morning. Christmas morning. Uh, Christmas morning, morning is a good morning. First morning of a major tournament.
2: Yeah, or, an, yeah. Actually, often after a wedding, they'll have a sort of brunch thing the following morning. And those can be really nice. That can sort of be like the or, boxing day to the Christmas day.
3: Yeah. But they can also be like, oh, my God, I don't want anybody to remind me how drunk I was last yeah, night. Yeah, they
2: uh-huh. can be your best and worst.
1: Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, this, this is all really, really good chat because Beckham's <laughs> yeah. had at least 40 odd Christmas mornings. And so Qatar's already somewhere in some of those. So well, and knows. also
2: depending on when the ch- when his children were born, if they were born in mornings, do they yeah. count? Do they? Mm. You think they'd be up there? Could be. He's out had there, a
3: morning. On, he's, he's had a morning of the day that he joined Real Madrid. He's had a morning of the day he flew off to the World Cup more than once. He's had a morning of the day after he won the treble. Yes, yes yeah, that yeah. so, in Barcelona flying, as well, that would have been get, a good morning. Yeah, yeah. Getting flown around Qatar in a helicopter
1: is. <laughs>
0: Right, I delving,
1: We've delved deep enough into that one. Um, boldish claim to start with from Beckham. Uh, but now, Charlie, he gets really into the Qatari culture. It's one of the best spice markets that I've ever been to. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to go all Andy Gray on you there, but the one, one of the best spice markets he's ever been to. I mean, well... Well. I, I I quite like that
2: because it suggests he's not. If he'd said the best, that might seem like oh, well, you would say that. One of provides a kind of veneer of authenticity where it's like oh, well he's he's being honest actually. Mm. You know he's not just he's not coming in here and just blowing smoke up our arse.
1: Measured though, Jack, because I mean he, he do presumably he does want to come across as too effusive about Qatar. So just so sort of tempering it down is probably quite a good move. Sort of you know yeah, measured exactly. balanced.
3: Like, like as Charlie says, it might not be the best, but it's, it's bang up there. It's <laughs> in the conversation, for sure, with,
2: with with Morocco 2008.
1: Uh, couldn't think of a Spice Girls gag, so let's move on <laughs> from that. On a slight tangent, Charlie, from Tuesday's discussion on football's potentially as verbs, Joel Minsky mm. asks, are you able to pinpoint the date when the vernacular changed from a player leaving on a Bosman to leaving on a free? Uh, Bosman That's, did kind of weirdly yeah. just... Go out of the equation. Because it was a nice bit of jargon. It was Yeah. The, the odd person might say, well, what does that mean? And you'd explain it to them. But Bosman mm. was a really cool thing to say. Where's it gone? That's a really good question to trying
2: to pinpoint that. I mean, would by like mid noughties you weren't really saying Bosman, were
3: you? Was Saul Campbell still I was a Bosman? Thinking,
1: yeah, it was Campbell. I think it. I th- I think he would have been right on the edge. Right on the, on the because edge. I guess the I guess maybe the clincher, Jack, is that the reason why the focus has changed a little bit is because Sol Campbell might have been the kind of last Bosman move where it felt like a player was taking advantage of the ruling. Now it's just like, well, this is just what happens. Like the, the culture's moved mm.
3: on. Yeah, it has, and also it's been kind of replaced in terms of how we speak about it by free agent and free agency, mm. which is clearly a you know, an import from from US sports. And, and as you say, like I think a player, a player running down the end of his contract and then going on a free, that's no longer thought to be somehow taking the piss. Yeah, they're not yeah, just, yeah. You mean, yeah. the system, system, are they? Yeah. Mm. Like now, I mean I can't actually think of an example that's happened recently, but mm. off the top of my head. But I'm sure that if it, you know when it does happen nowadays, people people aren't like morally outraged at the best. No, time. no. Yes.
1: Doesn't need doesn't need a word for it anymore. Shame. Shame for John Mark Bosman. Mm. Um next up from Henry Wirth. One for the panel he asks, What is the correct and most appropriate way to celebrate a goal that was confirmed? by VAR. Specifically, you've already celebrated. Is it appropriate to do any running, jogging in the second celebration? It feels more like a standstill, two-pumped fists affair, but still below the shoulders as the most appropriate thing. So Jack, you've scored, you've celebrated, you're waiting for the goal to be confirmed, then what are
3: you doing? It is an awkward situation. I'd say double fist pump, probably feet planted, maybe right, right, like, Pointing at teammate who assisted and like wry laugh. Okay. Like oh like thank God that wasn't disallowed. Ha ha ha. Yeah. But you can't like pile back. You can't do a re-pile <laughs> on. No. You can't jump jump back into their arms. I, I would have guessed. I'd
1: say the crucial crucial factor that Henry Worth has identified here, Charlie, is that um is the running covering any ground in the secondary celebration. I guess this also works for goals that were disallowed and are then allowed. It's the same principle, but maybe maybe running is more okay then because you haven't done the first celebration I don't know but you shouldn't be able to run anywhere on a confirmed VAR goal
2: yeah no if it's been, if you haven't had any celebration before, then I think that's more legitimate. But
1: it's still weird, It'll, though. Still weird. It
2: is still weird. I mean, there was one recently I saw. I think it was um, was it Al- I think it was Almiron scored against City. Mm. It was disallowed, but then given, and he did do what looked like a sort of. It may have just been the editing on Match of the Day, but it looked like he then did some running mm. because he hadn't had the the initial celebration had been taken away. If it's you celebrate. Then you don't. I think, yeah, it's 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 quite often it's sort of quite angry, like fist pump, yeah. or, or one of relief.
1: Yeah, um, even hugging looks a bit unnatural. It, it doesn't feel spare at the moment. I mean, I realise these are all the arguments, you know, perpetuated by anti VAR brigade, and and rightly so. It's one the thing they do get spot on. Right, next up, um, Premier contributor Elizabeth Barnard writes in Jack and says, "I've just heard a conceded chance described on Sky as the inquest begins." Surely a chance that doesn't lead to a goal, but does cause a small argument, isn't big enough for an inquest.
3: I don't know. I actually disagree. I think, because I think, let's say it was a really, really good chance. I don't know, ball flash across the middle of the box and striker somehow skies over the bar. Mm. I think at that point you would definitely get centre back turn or goalkeeper turns around the centre back, points, shouts, you know, what on earth is going on there? go maybe the maybe the center back was shout at somebody else and i think that if you've got two guys shouting and pointing angrily and maybe trying to ro- maybe trying to spread some blame to the left back or whatever yep. that meets the bar of an inquest that is inquest bar cleared
1: okay i I, th- I think you're right um about the threshold here and i also think that charlie a goal doesn't have to be scored for an inquest if anything a, a goal almost being scored and, and then having a chance to kind of react rather than suffer the ignominy of conceding a goal is where the inquest should happen. And also, in the scenario that Jack posted there, the idea of a ball being flashed across the goal or a very high XG chance being conceded, the, the noise from the crowd going, oh, what are we doing? That is the that is the noise, the background noise of an inquest as well. So it's a wake-up call. Mm, yes. um, it's a massive wake-up call. The, but wait, is
2: the... What's the exact wording there that Elizabeth refers to? Did she say the inquest begins?
1: Uh, yeah, she heard a conceded chance described on Sky as the inquest begins. Yeah, that is weird. So,
2: th- no, I think that's important, though, because I mm. think in the example Jack's giving, that is an inquest, but I think inquest kind of begins and ends there and then. Oh, yeah. Whereas I, th- whereas I think with a goal, it begins then, but the implication is that's going to continue on right. in the dressing room at half time and even beyond in the kind of post-mortem, yeah. so I think that that's where, yeah, the beginning element is quite important. Yeah,
3: my scenario is very much a snapping quest <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's, it's a kind of it's three, fast sec- track. three seconds of shouting and pointing and, like, arms going up and down Yeah. and then that's it. It's not a, it's not a long-running, like, Hudson Inquiry thing
1: mm. <laughs> Very sort of Schmeichel, Schmeichel and Pallister, Schmeichel and mm. Bruce kind of situation. Um, it did get me thinking, though, Charlie that's an inquest, we've kind of nailed that what steward's inquiry? Do you have stewards inquiries in football? I can't think of when that's used. It just—I've just written it down, and now I Should want it. to know.
2: Via <laughs> <laughs> steward's inquiry. Hmm. It's gonna I be a think...
1: steward's inquiry. That's
3: not like—I don't know what it is. What do we use? I, it? Isn't it? It's—it's it's from horse racing, right? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, but it's from what I, Surely people use it in as a as a sub in for inquest incorrectly. Yeah, they, this is what the, I thought. The, the, the scenarios we've talked about, people would say, "It's a bit of a Steward's Inquiry going on there between I think Edison so. and mm. John Stones. Even though, of course, it, that doesn't work because Stones and Edison are participants in the game, not the kind of rule setters and the ombudsman.
1: Mm. Yeah. Bang on, bang on. People misguidedly saying Steward's Inquiry instead of Inquest. Thank mm. you. That's why you're here. Right. Um... Interesting one from Career We Go podcast. They ask Is fullback the only position where a player will be asked to give you a seven out of ten every week performance? Charlie, I feel this is like mm. the hangover of the the lack of glamour for fullbacks. Is that um no other position would would seven out of ten every week be sufficient? Yeah. But even it's or- even pushing it for fullbacks these days.
2: Well, exactly. The the how important they are in the mm. modern game, mm. um,
1: yeah, that is that. I think that is probably unique to them. Maybe a defensive midfielder? Would you sort of yeah. Jack? You know the, Jack, do well, weekly seven out of teners still exist?
3: I don't know. I, yeah, I think they do. I think I, th- I think Charlie's right. So the kind of the solid defensive midfielder, which of course is like the sort of cousin of the fullback. Mm. Uh, I can definitely see that being the case. And also, what about the kind of the. Uh, not, not something you get quite so much nowadays it's kind of like a uh, early 21st century thing but the defensive winger the Dirk Cow Jason Park oh, James okay. Milner maybe the last Ramir- Ramirez that type of player that's a kind of player from whom I think you could say uh, yeah 7 out of 10 every week mm. even if he kind of you know because he kind of he runs up and down. He chases the opposition left back, and he maybe chips in with a few crosses and maybe the odd goal here. Also, and there. feels like a
1: sort of but endangered nowadays, species like a, as well. The kind
3: yeah. of the modern wide man, your Salah, Manet, Sterling, etc. You'd never accept seven out of ten. No eight. way. It'd be a joke, an insult.
2: I think those Milner Park characters they would often be rotate rotation options. So, so it might be yeah. seven out of ten whenever they
1: play, but I don't right, know if it'd be right. every yeah, week. I, I think that's fair. My immediate thought about this is um, this is this is a fairly kind of established thing, Charlie, isn't it? You know, he's a player you'd expect, you know, a seven out of ten performance every week. Do you think they? What do they say in France? Do you think they It'd sort of the keep? Do, do go down? Do you think it's sort of, what a five out of ten? <laughs>
2: he's just a solid, not getting savaged every week. <laughs> that was that know. would be in- interesting to find out.
1: I would love to know. Right, um, potentially a nebulous question for you next, Jack. Leo Style writes in and says. Adjudication on this Manchester United team being the real deal. What is the criteria for being the real deal? I would offer you straight away that it's a team who had question marks over them or have had a long period of transition and now are now showing early signs of sustainable form. Is that real deal? Or do you have to have a new manager in the equation as well?
3: Uh, I don't think you have to have a new manager in the equation. You definitely have to have a long period of underperformance and then you need to have a sense that you probably, you know, maybe you do need a new manager, maybe you do need a sense that like something has changed and it's different now. This every Ten hard team are the real deal. Yeah, Yeah, but you also, so I think like the ultimate, you know, real deals, capital R, capital D would be uh, like... You know, Liverpool 2017 18, mm. uh, maybe the start of po- Pochettino. So, yeah, emerging forces, not team exactly, are winning yeah. trophies. But You need like a good half season of being good. You can't real deal this Man United team after mm. what, three wins? Possibly. Four wins? Charlie,
1: other historical Premier League real deals, please?
2: Well, yeah, I think you can have the same manager because I think what you're saying is they've gone beyond. Like, I think Klopp and Pochettino there are good examples. Mm. Especially, you know, a team like Spurs, who we expect them to fall away. I mean, that this is in whisper it quietly territory. <laughs> yes, it deal. is. It is actually because you're you're saying. I know we've had lots of false dawns before. We've been here with Tottenham many times, but whisper it quietly. This Tottenham is the real deal, mm. and it will often happen, or it, it almost always happens after a statement he win Over so another eat- big six team. Yeah, Well, it can, yeah, it can be over another big six team or it can be a sign of resilience that they've gone away to insert difficult plays, mm. ground out a 1-0 win. This team, I'm telling you, this team's the real deal. This team, you know, and that's also this team a year ago or any time in the last decade would have lost that
3: game.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> they, they've gone to Selhurst Park and won 1-0 and, and that, that, that 10 unbeaten, I think this team's the real deal.
3: I think Chelsea 2004-5 has to be the ultimate huge R, huge D real deal. Mm.
1: That Yeah, it's the perfect storm for real deal. I mean, Antonio Conte's Chelsea were a brief real deal. Uh, Peak Poschino Spurs were a real deal. Um, emerging Liverpool were a real deal, as we've established. But it leads me to ask, Charlie, are Mikel Arteta's Arsenal the real deal? No, see, I, no. Think that, I think,
2: but I think they're a good example of having the same manager. I think, but I think they're a, I think if they'd beaten United, that would be a good real deal example because they'd won their first five games, but you'd sort of expect them to win, yeah. going away to a big six rival and, and sort of showing their authority. Yeah. I think this team's the real deal. I think they're one win away, potentially.
1: Jack, can you have an international real deal?
3: Do you think England, mm, yeah, I mean, you should be able to, because there comes a point in a tournament when, like, a team surprisingly wins a big quarterfinal, at what? At, at which point they ascend into real dealness.
1: Otto, Ray, it-
3: Greece, they are a real deal. No, they weren't. There. Surely people would have said that about England in 2018, after the Columbia game. So, you need a win prove you're up there this. rather yeah, than sales. Because, you sailed because through they, the that, they won a penalty shootout in the World Cup, which they had not number before.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's good. Mental Wales, strength. Wales beating Belgium. I think, mm-hmm. you know, th- this team, it, it, up until now, it was a, just a fun adventure.
1: They've gone and beaten Belgium, the number one ranked <laughs> team in the world. <laughs> for for <laughs> viewers' benefit, uh, Charlie is pointing behind him with his thumb, <laughs> purely instinctively, which I yeah. actually think Pound for Pound is the greatest moment on the Football Clichés podcast of all time. <laughs> <laughs> but they, this team's the real deal. Where are you pointing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in you're the studio. You're pointing back in time as well. But, that's yeah. the best thing.
2: Or even, I think it can even be sort of changing expectations. A team like Scotland who never qualified for a major tournament, but they're, you know, towards the end of their campaign, they've gone and got a crucial win in nervy circumstances. I think okay.
1: that's potentially a real okay. deal. I think we're starting to stretch the definition of real deal personally when you're talking about home nations. But
0: still, let's move on. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on TV. Terms and restrictions apply.
3: Oh, look at that!
1: That is wonderful! Brought to your ears
2: by The Athletic. This is Football Cliches.
1: Over in Wales last weekend, there was a WWE event, I'm told. And NUFC Roulette writes in to tell me that commentator Michael Cole Jack described the crowd as British wrestler Drew McIntyre's 62,000th man. <laughs> which wow. i think is an abuse of the format because what he's what he's done is he's taken the total number of spectators and taken the upper limit that's not the way to
3: do it also he started counting from i mean it's not like in football where you have the 11th the team like the team is one man mm. in extent is one man starting counting from the the finishing of the team yes mm. he started counting from zero and just add, and just used the whole crowd has counted every That's single one of the crowd to that purpose. That's
1: a very good point, too. It should be 62,000th and first man. Right, yeah, very because
3: least. it should... Be, exactly, because the first man... I mean, the, your first man is the wrestler... I mean, I don't know who wrestles now because I'm 34, but like, <laughs> the first man would be the wrestler... And then the crowd would be the second, mm. num- would be the second man, the, the second man, the third man, the fourth man, the fifth man, all the way up in cl- until Well, no, you, you should, it count- should
1: just be second man. You, yeah, yeah that's right. Like that's
3: it. It. In theory, it should be second man. So he's actually wrong on two points. Yeah. He's wrong on the number of men eat this counts for <laughs> and where he has started counting. So it should really just be the second man. Completely agree. Completely but that would sound insane. It. It completely was completely insane. It. It's not a team sport. It's or in a, ta-
2: a sport. in a tag team, the third man. Hmm.
3: Yeah, that's a really good example. That's a really, really good example. You'd have like the, you'd have, I don't know, like the Dudley brothers or whatever they're called. Mm. And then you say, but they've got a third man to their tag team, which is this crowd, which might be 62,000 people. It might be 4,000 people. It doesn't matter. Mm. But that's how Charlie's got it right. That's how it should work. Yeah. This is the wrong way. This is wrong on two points.
1: Yep. Complete bollocks. Completely agree. Right. Uh, Gary Johnson, the talkie manager, Charlie was talking about his team defending a narrow lead at South End last weekend and listener Mark Ridley writes in says, never heard of this. Johnson said, we had to mother the goal in the second half. I didn't know it was Mother's Day because they did a lot of mothering back there. Um, I guess another one we can file under sort of know what he means.
2: Yeah, I do sort of know what he means. I mean, End prob- for context had 23 shots on goal. Not the most progressive in the age of, you know, long, lengthy paternity leaves, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> More on that later, um, but yeah, I, it's it's a little jarring. But yes, you do you you do know what he means.
3: Mm. Does he mean mother as in kind of blanket protect swaddle? I guess so. Is that what he's getting at? Yeah, I would imagine so.
1: Maybe we could go as far as to say then, with twenty three shots on goal, Jack, that the talky goal lived a sheltered life instead of a charmed life, with all the mothering.
3: <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. I'm I'm kind of struggling a little bit to come to terms with this one. Mm. I've never heard it. I've never heard anything like it before.
1: Yeah, it's quite a maverick with the with the language of football. Is old Gary Johnson. So, of all the managers, I would have expected him. But it is an odd one. Right quite like this one from Matt Buchanan, Charlie. Match of the day, describing Ivan Tony's third goal last weekend as the one man you don't want it to fall to. Do all clubs have this one person or do the likes of Manchester City and Liverpool have multiple players you don't want the ball to fall to? I'm inclined to say that you're only allowed one per team, no matter how good you are. So, sorry, it was said that Brentford,
2: that's who they did want it to fall The opposition, that's the last person they wanted were to fall Who would Brentford
1: play? I completely forgot. Leeds. Um, so they were saying that this was the one player that they Leeds wouldn't have yeah. wanted
2: the ball to fall to. Because I think more often you hear it will fall to a centre-back saying it's quite an awkward half-volley. And they'll say that the team, the attacking team, well, that's probably not the player the manager would have wanted that yeah, to fall to. Yeah. I think mm. that's more common. But in the instance you're talking about, hmm, there should only be one, really. I mean, like in, in Liverpool, I think like City would be De Bruyne. I think if you're going to say the one oh, player, I think it needs to be a poachery type of player, right?
3: It mean, depends where depends it is. What it is. Well, that's true. Because wasn't didn't Tony complete his hat trick from like the halfway line? Yeah, that's true. I don't think the ball fell to him at all. Did it? I mean,
2: mm,
1: That's not really a falling. That's to. more of a solo effort. I mean, wasn't entirely a solo effort, but I think it was. It was. Was. Can it be a
3: really solo effort through? from that far out? N-
1: mm, he did a lot himself, but I wouldn't classify it as a solo effort. I
2: have to say. But uh, maybe you should only use it if it's about a player, and Tony definitely meets the threshold of who else but mm. that man, you know who. If you're not, if you you have to ask yourself, does this team have a player in that category? Mm. And if not, can I use this the one player you wouldn't want it to fall to? Because it's not about it's about relative
1: quality. We should do a it's, league table of all the yeah. Premier League players you don't want the ball to fall to if you're the opposition, but, but, uh, but let's it, say twelve yards out. But it's not it's not about absolute quality.
2: Okay, it's about having a player who's so far above everyone else and that's why I think Liverpool and City you might struggle because there are loads of players Yeah, you wouldn't want it to fall to at that's those clubs maybe it's scenario totally specific
1: well. as well you have to you take the mm. XG into equation. but Jack interesting that, that Charlie skirted around the issue whether it should be a positive or negative thing should it be a player you want it to fall to or should it be a player that the opposition were glad that it fell to I think broadly it should be a positive thing because a distant cousin of this is um, when we're talking about a striker that England should take to a tournament and um, or not. And some people say, Well, if the ball's falling like eight yards out, who else would you want in mm. that position? And it was all kind of attributed to Jermaine kind of DeFoe Owen. Or well, Defoe yeah, was a great Jermaine, DeFoe, yes. Darren ben,
3: Jermaine Defoe and Darren Bannon. Mm. Yeah. He scored. That was the th- argument for them being in, in, in and around England sports these, those. these Hypothetical
1: situations where the ball will fall very, very handily with a very high X G and then then you think, Well, anyone would finish that actually, yeah. to be honest. So yeah. The ball would fall for anyone, or
2: just you need a goal. If you, you know, you're in a major tournament, you're chasing yeah, a game. You need go a goal. Yeah. Defoe D- will score goals. He's done it everywhere he's been. Yeah. Okay.
3: I do agree with you that I. It doesn't make sense to say like if, for example, a chance fell to a centre back who was unable to take it. So let's say I don't know. City are playing. The ball falls to Imeric Laporte, and his guy's over the bar. I don't think I would. I've ever heard anyone say. Ooh, the defence are pleased or relieved that it fell to him. He's the one man they did want it. To <laughs> yeah, that, to. that's I'm too normal.
1: ridiculing, isn't it?
3: Yeah. No, it they wouldn't say just weird. that. weird. But
2: they would say that, that's that's. Probably not the player Pep Guardiola would have wanted it to be. Yeah, right. That,
3: yeah. That, that, that version works, mm. whereas the inverse of that, the ooh, Seville so so will be breathing a thing of. I can't, don't even know what the sentence sigh is. Sigh of relief. But it's a, it's a sigh of relief because they did want it to mm. have. They would have wanted it to fall as I'm Laporte. It just doesn't really work. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's singling them <laughs> out. Yeah, it's singling them out. It's not
1: fair. Right. Easy one, perhaps, Charlie, from Fat Bill, who says, How many goals can be in a cushion? No more than three for me. No, and restores the two-goal cushion. Mm. Um, it's probably Be, two or three, isn't it? Three-goal cushion for a two-legged game, certainly okay. Could you have a four-goal cushion, Jack?
3: Yeah. You, you think a four-goal so? goal cushion. I reckon a four-goal cushion over two legs. Oh, okay. If it's just, if it's just a normal Saturday 3pm game, four-goal cushion sounds crazy. But you're not because, having a fight. you not, You're not throwing that away. Whereas if you're, if you're playing a two-legged game and you know let's say you win the first leg 3 or let's say yeah you, you you win the first leg by 2 or 3 goals and then maybe the opposition scores early in the second leg and is getting a little bit nervous mm. and then you go and score again and suddenly you've got the four goal cushion back i think this is
1: perfectly put because charlie four goals should be the upper limit for a cushion because a cushion by definition in football terms is a safety it's it's a safety net, if you like, a a, a mm. nice, comfortable buffer. But it's nothing spectacular. It's not supposed to be about dominance. It's supposed to be about being safe. So anything more than four, well, that would be ridiculous, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah, although I'm trying to think the Unai Emery's PSG, how much of a cushion they had mm. and how late on. And if that would have been... I wonder if that was spoken about as a cushion. I can't have been.
3: Can't Five gold be. cushion just makes you sound like Marie Antoinette or de Markov. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah too much
1: too much right very interesting one from this i'd never spotted this this is from andrew Howe ely who says the premier league app jack uses the phrasing player x is shown the yellow card as opposed to a yellow card which is more correct obviously it's a yellow card right
3: yeah i can't think of why you would say the yellow card
1: why would you use the definite article? Would you do Charlie? it if
3: you were it was if it was in contradistinction to a red card, but you wouldn't. You'd still say a yellow card. It showed a yellow card.
1: These are a bit strange. It seems a bit too formal, Charlie. Yeah, I think
2: it's to try and give it a bit of gravitas, maybe. <laughs> it's like he's, he's giving him the famous
1: yellow card?
2: The, the, <laughs> the yellow, yellow card. card I've heard so much about.
1: They all share the same <laughs> one. They only you are only allowed to use that one. It's on a plinth ah, the start of the game. It's supposed to be the yellow. Yeah. Card. What, what if
3: lots card? of people have been booked in the same game? If like seven other players have been booked, and then you say, "And antolin Alcaraz is shown the yellow card because mm-hmm. it's something that keeps happening." This because this yellow card has Mike Riley's waving yeah, it yeah. has shown it six, seven other the members of the Wigan <laughs> Athletic team. You could say, "Yeah, he, <laughs> what he's, a reference that yeah. is." By the way, why would you choose Antolin Alcaraz? He's why the, wouldn't he's, you? He's the first player that came to my head. That 2013
2: <laughs> FA Cup final defeat living rent free in your head, that. Jack. <laughs> <laughs> could, could, you could say he's like the latest player to be shown the yellow card. Yeah, but that's a that's a slightly different sentence construction. It is, a but that's conveying slope. what Jack's talking about. The,
1: yeah, you know, I worry for this. It's a slippery slope because w- what do we do next? Capitalise yellow and card? Like they do in surely club statements? All,
3: surely that happens all the time mm, in statements issued by like National League North teams who are angry about a booking that one of their players got. Uh, where, you know, statements like, I mean, capitalization is willy-nilly. They would totally like
1: cap up yellow card in this respect. Yes, yes, absolutely right. Um, how about this for a set of words in uh, early September, Charlie? Wolves in for Andy Carroll if their appeal for Diego Costa's work permit isn't successful. How great is Loved
2: this? Love that, yeah. I only saw the headline. I was like, I don't want to read any more. That's absolute perfection. Mm. Um, it would be amazing, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's actually—he's also a good one for a major tournament. You know, we're, we're we're chasing a we're chasing a game. Who better to bring on than Andy
1: Carroll on the end of a cross? As yeah, well. get, yeah, yeah, he yeah. gets on the end You of wouldn't cross want the ball to cross. fall to him, though, right? No, no, you've right? got the phone for that. <laughs> he's gonna have to unfurl his legs. That'd be awful. But-
3: Andy Carroll did score the most—the goal that most perfectly suits that scenario that Charlie's described. He's he actually delivered it in Euro twenty twelve. I love he that He kind of just he justified. Sweden. He justified mm. the um, the kind of scenario building that people do. Yeah. Mm. And in doing so, probably, like, extended the legs of that, that kind of argument for another generation. <laughs> but, but to treat this scenario as a, as a kind of transfer subgenre, Jack, I mean,
1: there's so much focus on recruitment these days, so much focus on who's had a good window, who's done their business early, who's done their business late spectacularly. But um, the desperate scramble for a free agent striker because your recent signing has got crocked, is a great transfer subgenre because it's the most innocent of all. It's like we have no idea. Mm. Please find someone for us, Does and this knows sums it up perfectly.
3: Yeah, yeah, completely, completely. It's like a lot of the the end of the transfer window is reminding me of that. Um, you know that meme of the guys in that uh, the guys who are kind of slumped in tracksuits in that that dirty room. What the end of what looks like a massive drinking session and it's basically like bell Then birds again lad i think it was the original yes. but so much this stage of transfer window is basically bell george again lad bell Kier again lad in mm-hmm. terms of uh team's approach to recruitment like the desperate phone calls to to agents to find anyone they can find with uh who could you know head the ball in
2: i do also like another another subgenre of the transfer window closing is the uh but wait the
1: Turkish market, the Chinese
2: market, yeah, 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 are I love that. It's still, still open. open. It's, it's like, great,
1: that's it's great. Like yeah, a, there's like still a,
3: time for that move to head by China Fortune, yeah,
1: exactly. like a shop that's still open at 1 a.m. selling 14 <laughs> yeah. different types of halloumi. That's that's what we're after here. But probably a Turkish shop, so that's all right.
2: Or well, that something that's still open on Christmas Day. Yeah, you know,
1: it's still you can still go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that that. Very particular type of Sainsbury's that's open till 11 on Sundays, which mm. never has anything you need. Exactly right. Um, Petrol station shops
3: are open on Christmas Day. Mm,
1: too right, too right. Um, really enjoyed this from Joe Tyler, who was watching the EFL highlights of Bristol City versus Blackburn, and says Is this the first instance of living arrangements being used to describe players?
0: Covered here by Conway to his flatmate, Alex Scott. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow. I mean, you have to assume, Charlie, that some earlier context had been offered. But as a passing thing, a fleeting moment, it's brilliant. Why not use it? That's really good. Yeah,
2: and it it does convey, um, yeah, that their the 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 closeness of their relationship, their understanding. Love that.
1: Just renting, saving up a deposit.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah. imagine if you were the commentator and you had this incredible, you know, you were doing research pretty much, you had this incredible bit of info. that These two players actually live together, which you've figured out, you know, a few days before the game. And you're sat and you write down your notes thinking, I just really hope one of them passes the other one because I can't wait to get this bit of gold out into the world. <laughs> All right, next
1: up, this is from Joe Higgs, Charlie. I like this one. More and more, I hear commentators saying a play was head and shoulders today without saying above everyone else. It's obvious Mm. what they mean, and I don't necessarily have gripes with the shortening of it, but what qualifies a term to be shortened like that? Head and shoulders, I've noticed this a couple of times recently, and it works. Yeah, I I can imagine it being described
2: like a head and shoulders job. Mm. I mean, I I, I loved um, Ron Atkinson. He started talking about it's a floodgates job. (laughs) <laughs> and you knew exactly what he meant. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's a really good example of it. And yeah, head and shoulders. Efficiency. You yeah, you, you know what they mean. Mm. And I think a lot of that goes on. So this about like when footballers talk to one another, that they mm. do that. They they um they don't have to go the whole hog.
1: It's very Sunday that, League,
2: Charlie. Though it's like oh,
1: head and shoulders, Charlie Eccleshire Head and shoulders.
2: Yeah, it's good. It's um yeah yeah. There's something
1: slightly performative in that in that example. Jack, this one's for you. Um, this is from C.R. Wood, Jack, Sky Sports commentator in Liverpool's win over Newcastle, saying, "Cometh the hour, cometh the man." When Roberto Firmino equalised, not sure a player who returned five Premier League goals last season deserves such status. I disagree, Jack. I think the primary the primary factor here is the fact that it's on the hour. Doesn't matter who it is, as long as it's the oh. hour, a man can cometh.
3: As in, because it's because it was scored in sixty minutes.
1: Was all, yeah. Oh, that had never occurred to yeah. me. Actually, hang on. Was I thought
3: the uh, I thought cometh the hour did, just denoted like here's an important moment. time where we need the team to score, not here's a goal on 60 minutes. Yeah, I genuinely never occurred to I've me. I've never
2: thought of it in that way. Well, really? My eyes are,
3: yeah. my eyes are open. I've That's ne- absolute.
1: Yeah, but
2: so reckon, many examples won't be on our goal. They're that's just...
1: incredible. To 70% me, of our me, listenership are now shouting into to, their devices. This to is me, mental. a classic
3: Cometh the Hour goal would be on like 85 minutes.
0: No, yeah. why? What are you, you doing?
3: It's cool. The fact that it's on 60... Who cares if it's on 60 It was minutes. in the 61st minute. Who cares? Um, Don't care. For me,
1: no, got- wow. <laughs> Blown away by this. Only 33% of the participants in this podcast think that cometh the hour, cometh the man needs to happen in and around the 60th minute of a no. football game. No.
2: Because often what? they'll be late goals. Talks- nonsense.
1: I'm stunned. Absolutely stunned to silence. Uh, producer Phil says, our reference is insane. I'm with them. You're off your rocker. Uh, because uh, Phil Wright-Lewis is 58 years old. Um... Um, uh, I'm stunned. stunned because by this. it's and not. You, you're doing a Dave Walker. You're taking it very literally. <laughs> it, it, it's not. It's not. No. I mean, it's, it's an expression. That's you wouldn't say of it otherwise. Of course you would. You could say "man of the hour," but that's a kind of bigger picture thing. No, but if it cometh the hour, it's an hour thing. <laughs> cometh the it's hour. It's not because
3: that's that's it's not saying, what the hour means. Exactly. Like it it's not an, an hour, hour of meaning. need. It's not an hour of need. It is the it hour. Is though. It, is. <laughs> it
1: is though. I worry it, that people will agree with you, but I'm definitely right.
3: People definitely agree with us.
1: Yeah, you're, because you'll see as well,
2: so few of these examples will be 60th-minute goals. Yeah,
1: yeah, and exactly right. Right, um, I put a poll up on Tuesday night because something dawned on me that I wasn't sure about. In this week of all weeks, Charlie, do you say Champions League or Champions League?
2: I had this exact thought. This is re- That's so weird. Because I, I, there are some people who say it uh, in a very, in the Champions League sort of way, which I think jars, which tells me my normal way of saying it is Champions League. That's where I put the emphasis. I think Champions League sounds a bit
1: weird. I think, mate, I'm, I'm I'm offering a hypothesis, Jack, that it might be old-fashioned to say Champions League because that feels a bit more ITV era. Mm. And now we all say Champions League. Now, let, let, just to clarify, we are ignoring all kind of adjectival uses of this. So you don't say Champions League games or anything like that. It is just simply the Champions League. And I think I now say champ. I don't know what I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm really
3: torn I, here. I think I say Champions League. Champions League. I think most people now say Champions League. I think Champions League sounds a bit odd. Champions League sounds like you. Champions League sounds like you're kind of announcing it. You know?
1: Interesting that you say that because. Uh, 1,966 people voted in the space of an hour, and 59.7% of them emphasised Champions. They say Champions League. The Champions League. Champions League. And not Champions League as the remaining 40.3%. So, Jack, you're in the minority.
3: I actually don't think I am. I think I think in, pra- in that's the kind of thing, if you're doing a Twitter poll, you might think, oh, of course, I say Champions League, because that sounds more natural. Mm. But in the flow of normal conversation, I... I Imagine that me and Charlie are right, and that people are more likely to say Champions League.
1: It makes more sense grammatically to, to emphasize champions because you're you're That's defining the, the league. The league is the league's not the thing that you need to clarify. So it's the Champions League. It's not the runners up league. It's not anybody else's league. It's the Champions League. Um, but but okay, let's take this one step further. You may remember Charlie that we had a debate about how which where you put the emphasis for FA Cup final, or the FA Cup final, or <laughs> FA Cup final, and. Uh, what would you yeah. do for the uh, denouement of Europe's Premier Club competition? <laughs> the,
2: the, the summit. Um, yeah, so if I cast my mind back to the 2019 Champions League final... Just give league me an final, answer. No, I'm just thinking how I would say it. That's the only way I can do you it. You need to do
1: it instinctively. I don't, I don't need... But that's to how I would do it in instinctively. In okay, fine. By
2: saying how I would say it in conversation. Mm-hmm, fine. So if, if you cast your mind back to the 2019 Champions League final... Emphasis on league there. Champions League final. In
1: 2019, they reached the Champions League final. Champions League final <laughs> That's how I say it World, World Cup final The World Cup final The World Cup final But what about the World Cup finals? Ooh. Oh, okay uh, Oh no, So I see what you mean um, The World Cup finals The World Cup finals Oh, it's, oh, it's difficult But it's, so important People yeah. think this is tiny stuff It's not This is stuff people say every day And they're not fucking confronting it Jack, this is crucial stuff
3: it is crucial stuff. I reckon Champions League final, I reckon definitely hitting the league on Champions League final. Okay. World Cup final, I reckon I'm probably, I, I, easy for me to say now, I reckon I'm probably going for the W on that, but maybe uh, let's see where we are in a few weeks. Elsewhere this Champions League week, Jack, um, FBL Teddy was watching the
1: Chelsea Dinamo Zagreb game and he noticed Martin Keown saying, Chelsea opened up like a flower. Um, which he suggests has got to be a new one. How do you feel about this
3: instinctively, first of all? Good, I like it because I think people will know what it means. Mm. Like flowers do open up. Uh, what I my issue with it is that was I can only think of don't aren't there some flowers that open up really, really rarely, rather than routinely. Like the point, and the point is that I don't know. It doesn't quite work for me because real flashbacks if, to um, uh, sort of time lapse videos from school. Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking, lessons, of, yeah. I'm thinking about year six science. Mm. Mm. Don't fl- what? Surely the point with a football team is that they would open up quite repeatedly, you know, again and again and again. Whereas yeah. I think when a flower opens up, it's obviously like visually impressive, and you know, you can certainly score a goal through there if you've a to tiny to little footballers. It? It's a big flower. Okay. But I, um, yep. It doesn't. It doesn't happen like every five minutes in a three-nil defeat.
1: Let's get the let's get the real context for this because it, uh, I think FPL Teddy has actually misremembered it. Let's hear the clip.
0: Another example there, though, goes into the front man.
3: You've got pace in wide positions, nice and compact. They almost
1: open up, don't they, like a flower, and then that will just close in now. So, Charlie, mm, um, okay. Keon is describing how Zagop open up like a flower and then compress back mm. when they're... So it's a bit like, yeah, four four two becoming a 4 3 without the ball. But... Um, FBL Teddy's question about whether this has got to be a new one. Well, I had a little look. Turns out Keown's got a bit of history here. Czech Republic versus Portugal, Euro 2012. The Portuguese fullbacks are very wide, allowing them to spread out like a flower. Manchester City versus Everton 2016. It's been beautiful the way City have set up. It's like a flower opening up. Chelsea versus Manchester United, FA Cup quarter final, 2017. They are spread out like a flower, this Chelsea team. It's a Keown thing.
2: Wow. Big into his horticulture. Big, big preoccupation for Keown. Uh yeah 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 <laughs> I think it's sort of I think in the in the instance from the Zagreb game I think that does sort
1: of work okay fine happy with that um now Charlie I know uh, both you and I are very uncomfortable about people being asked to recite football chants live mm. uh, and not giving it full barrels but this is from um, Cal Bow, who sent me a clip of Clint Dempsey on Champions League duty for CBS on Tuesday night very much proving the rule that people shouldn't be asked to recite Football Chance Live <laughs> let alone ones that are about them Oh, this is awful. Dempsey is in the studio. How, it's got to feel good, right? When you get a song about you, did, did oh, you have a song
3: sure, about you? Oh, for sure, for uh, sure. When I was at Fulham, yeah. But what it, was it? It took me a, while, a lot longer to get me a song than it's taken Brendan <laughs> Harrison, you know, but... Uh, what was the song? I can't, it has a cuss word in it, so I can't sing well, you it. You can so. bleep
1: that bit
2: out. Uh, I was something
3: it. like, scores with his left, he scores with this right. That boy, <laughs> King Dempsey, drug but look. got it like shout out fulham
2: tricky also isn't clint dempsey a recorded musician yeah true so he he would have given it a little bit more of anyone yeah that's hard
1: arms should have been uh, held out (laughs) for a start you should be singing it's you should be proud of it it's a good song If it's good Um, should be stood up yeah how did you feel jack about shout out fulham at the end of there?
3: I loved it. I oh, was loved really, it. I thought, yeah, that's <laughs> great. I definitely want, like, yeah, that's that's what you want to see. Mm. <laughs> you want to see former players going on TV giving shout outs to former teams.
1: <laughs> Quite right. It's different rules on CBS. We know this. Carragher's just a different bloke. It's incredible, right? Um, James Sloan was listening to Radio One this week and heard this from Clara Amfo.
0: Arctic Monkeys incoming.
3: And this now from Yeah, Yeah, Yeah has been away for about nine years. Back with aplomb.
1: This is burning. (laughs) (laughs) Aplomb, Jack, in a non-football context. How do you feel?
3: Really good. I never thought I'd... uh, I never thought I'd hear that in a... a, you know, outside of finishes, mm. finishes, and, and maybe headers. A good usage,
1: Jack, though, because this is the yeah, yeah, years, and they have been away for a while, and they are. In, it's, it's a good track, so they are back with a aplomb. Yeah, yeah, completely. Fantastic. Uh, really good. Happy with this. Um, uh, this has all been leading to the crescendo of this episode. Uh, not keys in grey corner, I should add. We've had enough of that this week. There won't be a keys in grey corner today. But this week saw the launch, Charlie, of Spain's new women's professional soccer league, Liga F. Uh, the motto of this league is without F, football is not spelled the same. So, are you across the concept of this, like no iron team. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty of. simple. Um, quite a good marketing hook. I feel like there's a lot you could do with this. Here's a clip from the promo video. Son pasos llenos de fuerza, fe, fuego, fallos, fouls, fair play, fintas, fantasía, flow
0: football, fans, Familia. futuro, <laughs> finales, fiesta,
3: Liga F.
1: Apologies there if you heard any industrial language during that promotional video for the newly launched Liga F. Um, astonishing stuff, Charlie. I think that's, that's
2: a great idea. And uh, really taking advantage. Can you, yeah, presumably Watershed and that sort of thing, you can swear in other languages. Yeah, just doesn't seem to matter over there. So,
1: Mm. yeah. So, Fuck Off, Jack, is part of the promotional campaign
3: for a new professional soccer league. I'm all for it. I love it. One of my favourite things is, uh, like, English football. And I know, obviously, this isn't a footballism. It's it's got a broader application than that. But when you hear, like, foreign people talking about football and they slip into... uh, uh you know an english football colloquialism mm. for ex- i mean my my favorite has been if you hear like if you listen to like french football podcasts, you might hear somebody dropping in like uh you lay in box to box or <laughs> the <fighting's- laughs> Le fighting spirit that <laughs> kind of thing wonderful uh but yeah the idea of like spanish people selling their game with fuck off i think is fantastic mm. the also last because-
1: remnants of english football imperialism there. fantastic yeah great to see Still yeah, got yeah, it
3: damn right still got it <laughs>
2: It, it it's used here as well as like an you know like a fuck off win
1: and a fuck off goal mm. like it does it, it, it is an important part of football.
3: Mm.
1: Mm. Oh, I think it's fantastic. Um, yeah, but startling nonetheless. Um, brilliant adjudication panel for the second time this week. Thank you, to you Charlie Eccleshare. Thank you. Thanks to you, Jack Pitbrook. Thank you. And thanks everyone for listening. Cheerio.
3: The Athletic.